It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com. That's B-A-R-E boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Are you sure you don't want to do the intro? Yeah. Positive? Yeah. Okay. And do black tail preview. Is my wife Abby here? Hello. So I'll be up in Fairbanks when the season starts. Uh, so we've been planning out uh, kind of the hunts from second week kind of get back from Fairbanks on the 7th mm-hmm. um this is going to come out next week which is Thursday the 4th something like that whatever so mm-hmm. um yeah I got a couple options there it was kind of weird last year or not weird but uh it reaffirmed the fact that deer just are where they are and the first year I got last year was in a clear cut that was about 800 feet of elevation nice four by two Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of opens the door for a lot of things. We checked out, uh, we did some hiking, glassing. Nice buck. Be kind of crazy to get to in that area. It's a section I hadn't really thought about hunting before, but I'm glad we saw that thing. But it'd be kind of tough to get out. So, we got that area that's down off a tough mountain. Mm-hmm. We got that clear cut. Yeah, I think there's a, a couple different clear cuts we could maybe check out. Um, I think uh, August hunting in the Alpine is just so idyllic and fun that I think a lot of clear cuts are a little bit nastier to hunt and they get yeah. more overlooked maybe. Um, but also... With working over for the Forest Service on Prince of Wales as uh, for a lot of the summer, I've been seeing a lot of deer trails um, in a lot of those areas that we haven't considered hunting as much, so yeah. I'm excited to check that out. Like the appeal of the Alpine, like you said, is just kind of, it's idyllic. It's the, you're getting up there and you get a glass, roll out of the tent and just kind of look around. There have mm-hmm. been a couple of times I've camped partway up a mountain and one time I rolled out and there was a buck that was about 50 yards from me just bedded and it was in the fog yeah. and I didn't even have my boots on. So I grabbed the rifle and, and shot that one, which was sweet. And then another time, same mountain, I got out of the tent and I looked down and I saw some smaller deer and I thought, this is a ma- this is a mountain that's known for some nice deer. And so I hiked up all the way to the top, everything cleared. And then uh, I ended up getting a really nice three by three that was the kind of the massiest uh, buck I'd had 
so far. So that 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 alpine just it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Clear cut, I would say it'd be not ideal. But uh, last year when I got that one, it was because the weather would, had turned pretty bad and it was rainy and fogged in. So um, it's kind of a nice secondary chance to have and. I don't know if I'm disappointed in where we had the game cams. We had some game cams on some, you know, medium elevation muskegs mm-hmm. um, that definitely had a good amount of deer cabbage in them. Yeah. Um, so it kind of looks like a rut type area because it's got the muskeg, but with that deer cabbage, it's definitely good habitat. And, you know, again, deer don't have to migrate if they don't want to, so... A um, couple okay ones on there could be some archery bucks, and it's a fairly mm-hmm. accessible spot, so that might be something to look at too. But we definitely got some options. Yeah, be nice to have the boat, but it is what it is. But we'll, I think, we'll definitely get out on the boat with some friends. I hope. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It always goes so fast. You mm-hmm. try to put together as many hunts as possible. And then weather doesn't cooperate or, you know, something happens or something else happens. And then it ends mm-hmm. up, uh, all of a sudden it's September. And I've been encouraged the last couple of years by getting some nice bucks in September or being on hunts where we got some nice bucks in September. So mm-hmm. the, the f- opening weekend is usually pretty big. And the first two weeks of August are usually pretty big. And then it kind of tapers a little bit. And once September starts for some people, it's kind of. All right, well, it's kind of the lull and people don't uh, hunt as much September and October and they wait till like kind of that October 31st is the Halloween is kind of the big date for a lot of people uh, when it comes to rut starting. So it's nice to know that alpine hunting lasts pretty deep into September, maybe a little bit more than you'd think. And it's so it's you don't have that rush of we have four weekends to do this. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it can go a little bit later, weather permitting, of course. But yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We've had such a, a warm, sunny summer too, that I almost wonder, um, I don't know, some of that exposed alpine when the sun beats down, it can get pretty hot. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if that kind of pushes deer more into those subalpine timber edges. Um, I've definitely been seeing a lot of maybe I just didn't realize what a big food source um, skunk cabbages um, and then there's quite a few other little forbs that I didn't necessarily realize that deer feed on in the forest um, and I've just been seeing a lot of that in kind of lower elevation forests and um thinking about how we can hunt that yeah yeah that it's it's tough in the forest and even even the clear cuts too because you get those bends and folds and stuff it can be hard to find them they a lot of times they'll bed down in these little nooks and whatnot uh, you mm-hmm. can see them a lot more up in the alpine i remember a couple summers ago it was super super hot it was actually when my buddy steve and i were were hunting actually kurt had come up and it had been hot for days and so it was a pretty early program we got up on the mountain and evening like way deep into the evening uh was when they'd finally come out it was finally cool enough and then super early in the morning they were feeding a little bit and that was about it because the heat was just going to be there and there wasn't a ton of snow up on the mountains 
um, but I got I shot a nice four point that was down in this V that there was a small little trickle. It was like there was just enough moisture that was collecting either from dew or just just the seepage from the mountain that was trickling down to this little um, little cut that was maybe 50 yards up from the timber. So they hadn't even really fed out. They were bedded down in the shade in this cool little V notch in the in the mountain. Um, but yeah, there was nothing really that was up out, and that was tough. Uh, I've also seen deer bedded in the snow. Uh, year there was a good amount of snow, and there's a couple of mountains that keep snow year round. And uh, it was midday, but there was five or six bucks that were just laying in the snow, just like duh, man, that's so awesome. That was a pre-season scout, and I just thought, man, I definitely <laughs> want to go up there. But then as soon as the weather changes, and today. It was mm-hmm. nice and it was cloudy. There was a little bit of rain. It was about five to ten degrees cooler, and I bet it was just. I bet things were really popping once it rained a little bit. Yeah, for sure, things can change very quickly with the weather around here. I think, um, but I do think it's it's really important to think about. I mean, it might not necessarily even feel hot to me, but. I think even a 75-degree day is definitely changing deer behavior. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you definitely go up there, but you just, those that early, that first hour, you got to be out of your tent. You got to be ready to glass. Mm-hmm. You can't leave any more time to hike. Um, I've hiked and been like pretty close to Alpine, and we did that last year where we were pretty mm-hmm. close to Alpine because it was... It had been hot, and we gave ourselves, it was only probably about 200 yards to hike in the morning, and there was a lot of fog, and that created mist, and so the uh, deer cabbage was very, very wet and lush, and so the deer were able to get their food and their water from that early morning graze, but by the time we kind of waited for the fog to lift a little bit, and then start covering that 200 yards that was a couple hundred vertical feet, someone else had hiked up parked right next to us and hiked up and shot two um so that makes you think and previously on on hot weekends i'd gotten up top to a spot where as soon as it is light you are outside glassing because Mm -hmm. those minutes are so much more critical if the weather is cool if it's cloudy if there's some mist then you might have more time because they might be feeding out a little bit later um, but those early morning hours are so critical before it starts to get too hot. So if they're out, you know, um, we get another different hot hunt uh, at absolute first light. Like the first touch of bluish light. Um, we saw one buck just kind of go up and over this little hump that was actually down beneath us. And then during the day, there was we didn't see anything else on top. It was just, it was nothing. So sometimes as as much as it's, nice to kind of be up there and take a nap and it's warm and you can look and it's just awesome you don't have to worry about being wet weather changes can be awesome times to hunt whether mm-hmm. it's an extreme weather change yeah. um, either from stormy to not stormy kind of the overcast or if the sun breaks through can be a great time to hunt or that first day when it's been hot for a while and then uh, gets cool and you get that first rain and then you get some deer popping yeah definitely Kind of reminds me of that mule deer hunt that we were on two years ago. 
Yeah, we had that snow and everything just kind of started coming out of nowhere. I and he it makes a lot of sense here they can come up out of the trees, but it was crazy to just how many deer. We saw a couple deer here and there. But there's there was no trees. It was just all mm-hmm. rocks. They just came yeah. out of the rocks and there was like an inch and a half of snow, and then all of a sudden it was mule deer bonanza. Yeah. A lot of smaller ones, but we both got a buck on the same day, what, three hours apart mm-hmm. in the same little piece of, of public land. It was, it was just crazy, but yeah. that they're just kind of hanging out waiting for it. And man, it mm-hmm. was, that was nuts. And that was, it was super foggy too. We missed out on quite a few, like we saw those two super nice deer sparring oh. that ended up disappearing into the mist, Yeah, but it was definitely those um weather changes animals are on the move they take advantage of them and um i mean we can take advantage of them too yeah yeah it just kind of that how much misery are you willing to endure sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice or tempting to wait until the storm breaks then go up there but um I've hiked through the rain, knowing it's going to break in the noon, early afternoon. And that's, I mean, that's not even a given. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of what you're hoping, that you get up there and you can get the thing set up. Or you get up there and you you leave your, you leave camp in dry bags at the spot that you want to camp. You don't set up the tent because it's pouring down rain. But if you can get to a good glassing spot when the weather is supposed to break, and it never really breaks on time, sometimes it'll stop raining but it doesn't it, it's still foggy and sometimes it it breaks about when it's supposed to and then you get the deer pop and you're in the right position for it mm-hmm. and you're in the right position for it because you hiked up in the wet and you're absolutely soaked and miserable but you're right in the spot and so if you're in a spot mm-hmm. that you can kind of get that taken care of and get back to the truck or get back home that day it's pretty ideal mm-hmm. and in my experience too a lot of the times it's not even necessarily the weather breaks, but it's just you get the fog moves just enough that you're like, oh, there's a deer. And then it's back in the fog and you're sitting there and you're just waiting, hoping that they're going to still be there. And then um, that's what happened to us last year, right? We kind of spotted them, fog moved through, we used it to move a little closer, and then we were kind of panicking because we couldn't find them. Because they had bedded down, but eventually we waited long enough, one of them stood up, and then we were like... Yeah, saw them both. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, because we had we stayed around camp for a little bit longer just because it was so foggy, and then it just mm-hmm. broke just enough to where we could move a little better. It was an area that I'd put tracks on before, but a lot of those game trails will take you off the mountain at just enough of a wrong angle you feel like you're going the right direction but then you're not and then you're doing a lot of extra work mm-hmm. and of course that fog is going to make things super super slick and i knew the mountain is because it's that's a pretty treacherous mountain yeah very slick and so we got up to that top worked across the ridge um didn't see anything until we saw those two right do we see a doe on the way up we saw a couple does because we had to go around that pair of does remember Mm. and then coming back we had to get back around them yeah so 
we saw those bucks and we walked past them because this was an area that there may have been mountain goats further. So we kind of walked past them, which was crazy because those are two nice cranker bucks. Yeah. But we had a little bit of time. The weather was supposed to get just better uh, better as the day went on, but then the next day mm-hmm. it was supposed to close down. So we had a little bit of time. Um, but as we got higher on the mountain, it just we couldn't see enough to get a good line. And that yeah. was important. When you see a mountain, when you've been up a mountain a couple of times, you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to get into. Not only getting up, but also coming back down. Because sometimes it's you can climb up, mm-hmm. no big deal. But as you're coming down, it becomes much, much more sketchy especially yeah. if you can't really see and you i mean you gotta consider too if you do shoot something yeah. and you you're gonna have to climb down to it or up you know i mean it's you have to you have to anticipate uh, am i gonna see where this animal falls and be able to get to it and yeah. then be able to get back yeah and that was kind of what we decided was we wait for about 45 minutes yeah probably didn't really clear. It was so weird to have that. Yeah, those are some nice bucks. Just have it in the back pocket. And was not worried at all about other people being on the mountain, which is pretty sweet. Because we were, we were way back there. We were a boat ride away, nine yeah. miles back. Um, so then we dropped down a little bit to try to get on the same level. Saw them. And then, like you said, as we tried to work a little bit closer between, like we used the fog to get closer but then it you you get into some of that texture and then as you come back up it could be hard to kind of figure out exactly where you are and they are and sometimes mm-hmm. by dropping down a little bit you put a little patch of vegetation uh, in the way but I dropped that one and, and his buddy was still around there but was, I, I thought about shooting that other one but man that was a big big stinking deer mm-hmm. yeah and I didn't bring my saw, so I had the whole whole head there. But, um, yeah, I was really glad that uh, we had trekking poles. Yeah. Because that was, it was so slick. Hadn't, it rained a lot the previous day, and so we got soaked on the hike up to camp. Soaked from the hike, and then it started raining. So just wet all night. Couldn't get dry. Just damp. And then it kind of got, kind of got nice. Yeah, we were hiking out. It was nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a heavy, heavy load. Got part way down the mountain. Got back to camp. Packed up camp. Got a little bit down the mountain, and then uh, got ourselves like you know, five miles the next day or something like that. Yeah, back I think to the so. boat. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, 
You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Well, yeah, that turned out turned out to be uh, be pretty good. But yeah, that weather thing can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing with elevation, too. It can be nice in town. Yeah. And then you get up into those mountains, and it's just sitting up there. And that's what it was last year on that hunt uh, with Rob and Mandy. Yeah. It, it, we could, people were talking about how in town it was beautiful, but it just, there's, you know, some different moisture in your different little weather area pattern, and it the fog just sat there on us. But. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, yeah, I'm excited this year. I officially get my one-year residency on August 20th, so that's when I start hunting. So I'll be a little bit late to the game, um, which is why we've kind of been trying to find some um, some spots that maybe aren't necessarily alpine that might be better in that lull period in later August, September maybe, or that might be more overlooked. Yeah. Um, Because I won't be able to hunt opening day or for the first three weeks of the season, so. Hopefully we'll get a couple good weekends out there and then uh, hunt until mid to late September. Um, They just don't move nearly as much in uh, late September, mid-October as they're getting ready for the rut. So it can be kind of hard. Uh, they've moved out of the mountains or in the timber. And it's just so hard to to navigate yourself through the timber. You're making so mm-hmm. much stinking noise. And so even if you do see something, it's probably seen you before. And they're not as crazy and a lot of, as curious or stupid. Mm-hmm. So they don't tend well, to stick around yeah. too a lot if you're going through the woods. But that's why we've been looking at clear cuts, right? Because you can still glass them. They're mm-hmm. often lower down. Um, so we think they might be a good option in those kind of bridge season. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, if nothing else, I mean, if you don't go out in October because you don't think they're moving much. Or September. You're Well, I, yeah, I think oh, we should hunt alpine, alpine until at least mid Mid-September. Mid-September. Okay. And so like the last weekend or two of September is kind of the, they're moving down in the first two weeks of October. So that's kind of the the lull. But uh, yeah, shoot. I mean, what else are you going to do, gonna do during the weekends? There'll be some some salmon fishing, which will be, which will be fun. Yeah. But uh, once you start getting October and everything is kind of passed over, then yeah, you might as well go out and at least walk around. The better you can learn the mountains and the muskegs and... 
you figure out some of those musk eggs and you think, oh, shoot, this is a nice game trail here. Here's some beds and here's how to get from this musk egg to this musk egg as quiet as possible. Or in this area here, you, you see some old rubs from the previous year and it's it's nice to have a look at the way things are. You see it in June and July and everything is growing. There's just so much there. It looks quite a bit different when you start looking at it in October. Mm-hmm. So to be able to see that and scout that out will be cool. I'm pretty excited at our game, game camera spot, even though we didn't see a whole lot of the summer. I think it uh, it seems like it can be a, a productive spot to get a deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm going to try to get a couple more game cameras out mm, this weekend, maybe. Yeah. So... Yeah, should be should be good. It adds to it when you can see like you see tracks, you see rubs, you see things like that, but um there's a lot you don't see. There are areas that you put up a game mm-hmm. camera on what looks like a nice game trail and you see deer that you know, you don't see rubs in that area. You don't mm-hmm. so it might not necessarily be a good rut spot, but maybe there's a different area or different part of the musk egg that you haven't seen and that's where the rubs are a little bit more concentrated so mm-hmm. or maybe you find out the game trail that you thought was great is actually a wolf run or yeah. a bear trail or yeah yeah. But. yeah so we'll see should be fun but looking forward to uh, improving the sausage game Yeah. You made some really good mule deer brats. I liked your mule deer brats. So we'll do that with uh with blacktail this year. Mm, you yeah. had those brats with like a and we put cucumbers and mayonnaise or something. Oh yeah, yeah. The there? Vietnamese. Yeah, they're it's kinda... like a yeah, Vietnamese. It was a super interesting mm-hmm. like off speed pitch. It was a it was yeah. a nice switch yeah. up. It was cool. It was kind of like a a bond me take on mule deer. Yeah. Seasoned it with a like a bunch of um chili like chilies and soy sauce, garlic. That kind of uh yeah, those are good. Yeah, I think a spicy uh a spicy brat sausages. Oh, we need to do a summer sausage. We did some summer sausage. Yeah, we did we did pepperoni last year, pepperoni. which turned out okay. A little dry, but not bad. Yeah. Um, that was our first attempt at smoking, so I think. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of room for improvement. But yeah, we try to get a light smoke on it in the little chief or the big, big chief before mm-hmm. we. Yeah, got to do a better job with that. Yeah, what else did we do with the deer and meal deer? Obviously, the prime cuts are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of just roasting the crock pot. I think you can season them basically any way you want. I mean, I like to do barbecue. I like to do kind of classic pot roast type in the crock pot. I like to do... um I make like a teriyaki in there and just like, you know, you can do shanks even or a necros and it just kind of pulls apart and then you have, 
You can eat it on a sandwich with rice. It's, I think it's pretty versatile, and it's. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to do crockpot meals because they're easy too. Yeah, I definitely prefer. Uh, like if you throw smaller shanks in with the neck meat, you get a lot more of that roast stuff. Just trying to to figure out or, or cutting the amount of extra work you have to do. Mm-hmm. Or even threatening to clog up your grinder if you try to to yeah. piece out all that stuff with all that ligament and, mm-hmm. and tendon. It's just not. Yeah, much and prefer to roast. I also think it's. I mean, it's it's really healthy for you to cook those connective tissues down, and you get a lot of those good. I don't know proteins and everything that's in there is. Um, really healthy, so. Yeah. Have some deer and potatoes with some red potatoes from the garden. Yeah. How many of the, how many of the potatoes did you pick? Like, what percentage did we have for dinner tonight? You did, you planted those in May? April. Because it was before oh, I went right over to Prince of Wales, yeah. Yeah. What percentage did we eat tonight? Uh, I don't know, maybe 20%. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have. We only had one small bed at that point. Now we got a couple more, yeah. with some stuff growing. But uh, yeah, so it's it will definitely be expanded next year. But that was mm-hmm. that was good. Homegrown potatoes with uh, with some venison will be nice. Yep. Oh, uh, you need to get your shooting your bow. Uh, I think I'm going all rifle this year. Yeah, I'm shooting. Yeah, I should. Oh, it's good to good to practice. Uh, It'll fun. We'll have a lot more space at our new house to practice. It's been nice to just shoot a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. I just think with um, getting a late start on the season, and I'm just excited to get a deer. So I don't want to put too much pressure on myself to do it with a bow or yeah. anything. It was cool. There's that uh, little target trail thing in uh, outside of Laramie. Was that in uh, Oh yeah, Happy Jack or whatever? Or whatever. Yeah. Kurt Gowdy. Yep. Kurt, yeah, I bet it's Kurt kind of Gowdy. Cool, oh, cool thing. Yeah. Well, um, you got a big day tomorrow. You got a big day. Heading up to. Heading up to Fairbanks and then getting uh, getting out to where we're going. I'm going to try to not, like I'll tell people that I know, but not tell people where I'm going. What do you mean? Like people come up and they'll do hunts like Prince of Wales, right? People, oh, I'm going to hunt Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. It's over the counter. It's a pretty big area. But how many people are going down to Wyoming and saying, well, I'm hunting this unit? And how many people, if they live in Wyoming or they live in Idaho, are sharing where they are hunting? You know, people yeah. come up to Alaska and they're like, oh, I'm doing you know, the hunt out of Kotzebue. And so, oh, okay, well, this is how you do it. This is where you go. These are the outfitters. This is, this is your kid about how to hunt this area. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe I'm not going to say exactly where I'm going. How about that? Going up north going up north gonna hunt caribou and we'll be maybe one of the only people who's not sharing exactly where i'm going yeah 
Yeah, no, that's so... That's why people on Prince of Wales get so angry at out-of-state <laughs> hunters and blame everything on them because yeah. people are going there and... I mean... Sharing very recognizable landscape views of where they're at. Sharing very obvious details about where they're at. And um, there's some pretty obvious trails in a lot of those places that get hunted now. And yeah. Well, I think, too, it depends on the reach. Like, I'll tell friends and the people who will be able to I kind of identify kind of where I'm at. And I've, I've shared more than I should have early on. I didn't really think about it. It was weird how I contextualized it. And I wouldn't say anything about, mm-hmm. like, steelhead rivers. It was just like... You know, but there's yeah. not a lot, there's, there's hardly anything about a lot of these rivers down here in Southeast Alaska outside of, you know, up in Yakutat. There's not a whole lot. And I think that's purposeful. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to invite people. It's not worth it to me to advertise this spot to get published mm-hmm. than, and attract maybe more people. And I'm, I've made the mistake with sharing too much, just thinking, hey, man, I, I live here. I can provide like a DIY type thing. But luckily, I didn't have anything big published, any sort of DIY. And I did feel a little bit. So I gave a little bit more detail than I probably should have. Or like a yeah. picture, sharing it on Facebook. Well, honestly, uh, even, um, I don't know, I just think about how much We've talked about, like, hunting Gravina. And, I mean, the hunting on Gravina has kind of blown up. And um, It seemed like it was at critical mass before we started talking about it. I think we started talking mm -hmm. about it. It was like, dude, there's like, you can't get more people. Yeah, I mean, it was like everyone knew about it. Yeah. But I think even still we're seeing more people come and hunt Gravina from out of state than we ever would have before just because it's a name. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the people we're seeing over there for out of st- or they aren't out of state. It's the Coast Guard. And so Maybe. once it's out that uh, so you're going to see license plates from different areas because they're from Yeah. from from out of state there. But uh, yeah, I, I I can't imagine anybody flying up here specifically to hunt Gravina, but you know, maybe there's people uh I think there's people that do come come do uh to do DIY but <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know who knows, and who knows how they find that stuff out. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. What can I say? Well, like where I'm going, I, I want to do like a film where it's no exposition. So it just boom, we're up. There's no travel picture. There's no taking off here. Yeah. There's no selfie with the moose in the Anchorage airport. Yeah. It's just boom, tundra. Let's go. Yeah. But. Yeah, or maybe throw some B-roll in from the wrong locations, you yeah. know, like how they do in the movies unironically. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, throw in some mule deer B-roll. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at some of the YouTube videos for just hunting in general, and you look at um, how easy and excited it can be for some people to shoot a ton of B-roll like leading up to things. And so it's practicing and it's packing and it's pre-interview and then it's travel and then it's more travel and then Mm -hmm. you're like 25 minutes in and then a couple seconds of stock a shot and that's it which 
that's probably good because I mean, if you're not a filmer, you're focusing on getting the thing done. Yeah. And so it's, you know, if you are a filmmaker, then it's your job to do all that sort of stuff. But yeah, to try to put together a, a self-filmed hunt and sacrifice the opportunity of a lifetime or whatever, you know, if you're traveling, you want to go up there and you want to make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't have any problem with people coming up and, you know, making the hunt of a lifetime happen. You know, I like going down to Wyoming hunting. It's so much mm-hmm. fun to just experience something different. So I don't begrudge people from making that happen. And it's great for them to come up, but I just don't necessarily want to maybe encourage people or add to the crowds. Cause obviously where I'm going is not where I live, but someone lives in that area. And so I'd be inviting mm-hmm. or I'd be, you know, advertising someone's spot. And even if it is a pretty big spot, even just giving away units, you know, and if you would ask people from down South, like, would you give away your elk unit in in Idaho? Would you say, this is this unit? Would you give away your mule deer unit? Yeah. And I do think that, um, pretty much across the board where we hunt in Alaska, there is, I mean, with limited experience, I'm saying this, but I think, there is increased competition for every hunt in this state, mm-hmm. and we don't distinguish between in-state and out-of-state. Yeah. For I mean, yeah. there are obviously some tags that um, are over-the-counter, but yeah. for draw hunts, you don't get any advantage being in-state. No. Um, yeah, like you said, there's so many harvest ticket opportunities, so it's not a matter of, well, I'm going to tell you about this unit in Arizona because you're not going to draw unless you already have 15 points. So we can talk about it all you want because it's not going to matter. You're already too far behind or you'd still have to draw. You have still have to points. Whereas here is if you talk about something and it's a harvest ticket thing, like that can be the next thing. One person tells someone else and all of a sudden you have exponential growth Mm -hmm. of, of people who know about this harvest ticket opportunity in this area. And all of a sudden a lot more people are going. And just, I mean, there could be square mileage. It's, it's could be a massive area square mileage wise, but there might not only, there might only be a certain amount of it that's either accessible or that's practical to even get to. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, shoot, if you can make it happen, make it happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I will be writing about it. I'll be talking about it. Just might be a little lean on the, uh, exact location. We'll see. That's about all I got. Yeah. I think I'm all packed, so see how it works out. All right. Well, uh, make sure you check out the MediocreAlaskan.com and uh, Alaska Lund on Instagram. Thinking about getting rid of the Mediocre Alaskan on Instagram. Just have one Instagram account. Rather than be bad at two, I'll just be okay at one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, go online and do the liking, sharing, rating stuff. All that stuff's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk to you later.